Good morning and welcome to Better Thyself segment of Dr. Lamba's Awakening Call. We often see that two kids coming from almost identical homes, having almost identical education, yet when they grow up, they present absolutely contrasting pictures. One is a go-getter, successful, whatever he does, he's successful. The other is one who has been working hard, one who has been plodding, one who has been struggling, one who has been helping. Why? Simple. The struggler, the successful, they were brought up in a different milieu, different atmosphere. Their parents did not inculcate the identical skills to them. And normally, a kid when he grows up and is a stellar success, his parents have inculcated in him certain skills. What are those skills? So let me tell you, thrivers and the successful people are not born. No, they are made, they are educated. Children need safe, loving, structured childhood. But they also need autonomy, competence and agency to flourish. Majority of the parents fail to find a balance. I've seen Indian parents especially because I'm from India, a Pakistani. One very often heard sentences, Am I your father or are you my father? As if. Being a father gives the inherent, God-given right to dictate. They kill the initiative. So after looking at the people all over, I found that highly correlated capabilities to optimize the kids' skills are there. And I identified seven such skills which the kids need to boost mental toughness, resilience, social competence, self-awareness and moral strength. And these are what separate successful kids from who shine than from those who struggle. So if you want the kid to shine, instill in the kid these seven, the magic number seven skills. First is self-confidence. Now most of the parents equate self-esteem with self-confidence. They tell the kid, you are so special, you can be anything you want. That's pampering, that's not instilling self-confidence. There's little evidence that boosting self-esteem increases academic success or even authentic happiness. But the children who attribute their grace to their own efforts, confidence in themselves and strengths are more successful who, have, who believe they have no control over academic outcomes. Now real self-confidence is an outcome of doing well, facing obstacles, creating solutions, snapping back on their own. What do the parents do? Either they are too protective, do everything for them. Homework, okay, you are tired, I'll do the work for you, you go to bed. But nonsense. 
let the child face a problem, fix a problem on his own. Yes, help, help by means of not doing the job, but by guiding, this is the way to do it. Fixing your kids' problem by doing the task for them only makes them think, A, I don't need to do it, my parents are there for me to do it. Second, he loses self-confidence, he thinks, well, my parents think that I can't do it, they think I'm a duck or I'm an idiot. So the kids who have full self-assurance know that they can fall, but they can get up as well. And that is why the first thing you do is unleash yourself from the hovering, snow-plowing, rescuing act of your kids. Don't be overprotective. Give them the challenge. Let them do it. Advise them if the need is there. Otherwise, keep hands off. Second skill that you have to teach your children is empathy. The character strength has three distinct types. A. Effective empathy. This is when you share another's feeling and feel their emotions. Feeling of identity. Feeling of oneness. Second is behavioral empathy. This is when empathetic concern rallies us to act with compassion. First is only feeling. Then you have to behave properly. And then cognitive empathy when you understand not what he's doing to, but even his thoughts, so that so much so that you can step in the shoes of the others. Now kids need an emotional vocabulary to develop empathy. And this they learned from my dad, honestly. He was the doctor and possibly the first Indian to do his MD. And he enabled me to develop empathy. What he did was, he labelled emotions, intentionally name emotions in the context to help them build an emotional empathy. He would come and say, you seem upset, you are very happy, come on, let's enjoy the happiness. He did ask me the, ask me the cause, no. He just labelled emotion and then invited me to participate in that. And then after making sure that I was not going to rebel or something like that, then he'll ask question, how did that make feel you? Are you scared? Am I right? Uh, can I be wrong as well? And he helped me all recognize that all my feelings are normal, whether it's fear, whether it's happiness, whether it's cause, I mean, say, prompting to run away from the field. But he would ask questions, prompting me to reveal myself. After labeling them, asking questions, and then the third question would come, he'll share my feelings. Don't forget, how we choose to express our feelings is what gets us into trouble. So then the third is, share the feelings. Kids need opportunities to express their feelings in a safe way. Suppose your kid comes to you and tells you and then you start angry. How could you do it? Are you a duffer? He'll never share the feelings. Create that space by sharing your own emotions. 
For example, I didn't sleep so much that I'm irri- so I'm irritable, but don't get annoyed. I'm frustrated with this book. So share your feelings. And when you share your feelings, the kids would have space to express their feelings. And they'll know they'll not be ridiculed, they'll not be abused, they'll not be punished. Then notice others. Going for a walk, point out people's faces and body language at the library, at the park. What do you think that man is feeling? From his face, can you judge, is he happy or is he sad? Have you ever felt like that? Has your face been morose like that? So when you start noticing people, and face is the index of mind, the child would learn how to recognize the symptom. Now comes your third quality, a third skill that you've got to teach. Self-control. Self-confidence is fine. But then self-confidence without self-control is lunacy. The ability to control your attention, your emotions, thoughts, actions and desires are most highly correlated strengths to success. One way to teach self-control is to give signals. Some kids have a hard time changing focus between the activities. That's why the signals are there, like ringing a bell. Our verbal cues, pencils down, eyes up. My teachers in the school, they would not say, look up. They'll say, pencils down, look up. Well, this was a signal and practiced. So, purpose was to expect attention. If you would say, I need your attention in one minute, ready to listen? No, that's not the way. It has to be abrupt, it has to be sudden. The signal should be wake up call. Another technique, which I've seen being adopted, and again by my dad, he would use stress pauses. Now slowing down would give me time to think. Teach a pause prompt your child can understand to remind them to stop and think before acting. For example, if you are mad, tell the child, count to ten before you answer. This is a pause. When in doubt, stop, think, cool off. Don't act when you are in doubt, don't act when you are mad. And then don't say anything you wouldn't want to say be said about you. So these are the ways to teach a child self-control. Fourth quality, our skill, is integrity. Integrity is a set of learned beliefs, capabilities, attitudes and skills that create a moral compass for the kids. It can help them know and do what's right. Laying out your own expectations is a huge part of the puzzle. But much more important than laying down your expectation is giving children space to develop their own moral identity along with yours and separate from their own. So it also helps to create acknowledged ethical behavior. If your child displays that he is ethical, praise him. Call out integrity, then describe the action to your child and tell them that integrity deserves recognition. Using the word because makes your praise more specific. This action, my child, shows integrity because you refuse to pass on that caution. 
you showed integrity because you kept your promise to go with your friend even though you had to give up the slumber party fifth skill curiosity curiosity is most important is the recognition pursuit desire to explore new challenging uncertain events so for that use open ended toys gadgets game give them to paint tell stories popsicle skills skills to create construction offer paper clips and pipe cleaners do whatever something new and as i more matter is to model inquisitiveness instead of saying this won't work a child comes to you and says well i want to do this you say no this won't work It has no meaning then say let's see try it see what happens instead of giving answers ask what do you think a child asks a question how do you know what can you find out prompt the child to do it lastly when you have read, read a book or watch a film or just walk by somebody i wonder i wonder where are you going i wonder what they are doing i wonder what happens next sense of wonder has to be transmitted continuously permanently on permanent basis as a sixth skill perseverance perseverance helps kids do whatever is to be done when it's easy to give up they don't give up if they have the skill of perseverance what happens is mistakes can derail kids from getting on to the end and succeeding so don't let your kid catastrophize their problem instead help them zero in identify where they stumble some kids give up because they feel overwhelmed with all the problems and all the assignments cut the problem or the job in several small segments you can't teach your child to chunk it for example by covering see the math problem with a piece of paper except the top row then lower the covered paper down next row next row next row as each row is completed and the older kids can write each assignment on one sticky note in order of difficulty one step at a time so encourage children to do the hard thing first so that they won't feel stressed out all night let me tell you confidence and perseverance build kids as complete human beings and the seventh skill most important optimism optimistic kids view challenges and obstacles as temporary so they are more likely to succeed when there is a dramatically opposing view pessimism children see challenges as permanent cement blocks that are impossible to remove and then they quit so teaching children optimism begins with parents kids adopt your words as their inner voice so the next few days tune into your typical message and assess the outlook you offer to your children on average when you say think about yourself are you more pessimistic or optimistic do you describe things as positive or negative half empty or half full good or bad would you have your friends and family say the same thing about you so if you think that you are as a parent tilting to the half empty side remember that the change starts by looking at the mirror 
change your behavior. Children would copy. If you see pessimistic thoughts are there, think of the positive thing. This too shall pass away. Change is hard. But it's important that you set the example for your child to follow. And if you can teach your children these seven skills, let me tell you, success is not something elusive, something which cannot be there. It's there for, uh, for you to take it. You don't take it because you don't have these skills. These seven skills have to be inculcated by the parents and the children. And then they'll be proud of their children. Because their children will be much better human beings, much more successful than this struggling crime. No, not like brother. They'll be the stellar stars of success and joy to you. Think about it. Thank you.